And welcome to another bonus episode, bonus pod of the Oddscast. I'm Dominic DeLeo, sitting here with producer Corey in our luxurious Morristown, New Jersey studios. Good to be back. Um, we are going to go over the NFL Week 12 lines. Just a little recap. Uh, last week we went 2-2 two and two on the picks, and then we lost a five-way parlay by one leg. Uh, obviously, the Texans losing to the Ravens was a big... Uh, was a big thing for uh, a lot of people. A lot of people were on the Texans in that game, but the Ravens really came up and shown that they might be an elite team. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, so we're going to go through the lines, um, talk about what we like, what we don't like, and then uh, we're going to make some picks and we're going to post them. Also, stay tuned to the Odds Cast, uh, which is coming out on Thursday. This is a spinoff of that, and uh, that's with me. Joe Delera, Terry Takes, also producer Corey, just talking a little bit more um, gambling action, more sports, more pop culture. This is just going to be, like last week, a deep dive into the lines. Recording this on Tuesday, so the lines may shift a little bit by the time you hear this. Uh, we might throw this out tomorrow or Friday. haven't decided yet. So there might be injury news that you have to keep track of that might differentiate from when you're when we recorded this to when uh, when it's coming out. So... Uh, but an update, 2-2 two and two last week, lost the five-way parlay by one leg, which is the Texans. Uh, we hit the Cowboys minus 4.5, Jets plus 1.5. Uh, no real surprises there. And then the Raiders failed to cover minus 9.5. Uh, looking back on the Raiders pick, I mean, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and dissect every single thing I got right or wrong um, in the last week, but they do play pretty slow. Um, and you know, the offense is efficient with DVOA. Um, but they really, I don't, if they become a big spread team, I don't really like them. Um, just because they, they play very slow. Their defense isn't good enough to really keep that two score differential almost had it. Um, you know, they, they kicked a field goal instead of, uh, putting it away to go up 10. Um, but anyway, two and two. Lost a five-way parlay. Super contest is going well with me and Terry. Uh, went three and two last week. Uh, we took the Bills and the Falcons, and then we lost on the Texans and the Raiders. Um, also had the Cowboys in there. We are 26 and 17, which is good for like 60.25%. We have 27 picks left in our quest to win $250,000. We're, we're still in it, but you know, unless we rattle off some, some big wins here where we go 80, 90%, I don't know how, uh, how much money we're going to win. But anyway, moving on to this week's, uh, this week's gambit of games. I guess we have to do this on, on Wednesday um, or before Friday because if we talk about the Thursday night game, it'll, uh, it'll be up there. Producer Corey's nodding at me. He doesn't have a microphone. He has a Monster energy drink in his hand, though. Um, <laughs> shout out to Monster. Thursday night, again, this is DVOA mostly analysis. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about um, where there are matchups on certain teams, uh, where there's some some discrepancies we can exploit in the odds. Um, but uh, the DVOA new releases for for week eleven or week twelve rather were released today, so a lot of this is new information. Um, but Thursday night, we have the Colts at the Texans. These teams are both tied for the divisional lead in the AFC South. Um, Colts are a team that's that's progressing a little bit in DVOA. Uh, they're 12th weighted DVOA now. And then the Texans, uh, after getting blown out by the Ravens, are regressing a little bit, 18th overall. Um, Colts, they're rushing attack. You know, you, you, I'm a big believer in that 
a team's rushing attack is primarily due to you know a team being good at at offense um, at running the ball um, is primarily due to the coaching scheme and it's primarily due to the offensive line. Um, very rarely do you see running backs having. Uh, a big to do about how good a team is at moving the football. You know, obviously top five running backs like Saquon, Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook, um, you know, those kind of special guys. Uh, that may have an impact, but, you know, a running back like Marlon Mack, who is hurt, um, monitor that status, but don't take it too seriously or, or don't think about it too much if Mack can't go because this. Colts offensive line is good and uh you know I don't really think it matters uh too much who they put in the backfield there um and I say that because you know the Colts best facet of the game is running the ball uh they're seventh offensively rushing the ball in DVOA but this line's at three and a half right now it's in Houston Houston's favored by three and a half the Colts are slightly the better team but there's really no uh discernible edges in this game on offense, uh, you know, Houston's offense is 10th overall in DVOA, passing the ball versus Indianapolis, 10th uh, pass defense. The counter, Indianapolis passing the ball, 20th offense versus Houston's 20th pass defense. So these teams are as even as, even as can be um, in terms of passing the ball. There's a minor edge with Houston rushing the ball, and there's a minor edge with uh, the Colts rushing the ball. So I don't love this game because I can't really see, um, you know, like I said, a discernible edge in the two teams. Um, but you know, if you're gonna, if you, if I had to pick, I'd probably pick the Colts, uh, given the free points, you know, most of the times a team playing at home gets a free three points. So here teams are probably would be a pick them game on a neutral field, but since the game's in Houston, it's at three and a half. Now I'd probably imagine, um, this game getting closer to three, as this, as the as Sunday or Thursday comes along, um, but you know I, I'm not in love with this game. We're gonna move on to the Sunday one o'clock games. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine one o'clock games this week. Um, so a pretty big spread of games here. Uh, what we'll do is we'll go through each of the games. I'll kind of tease picks, um, and then we'll take a break. Come back, discuss the four o'clock games and the Sunday night, Monday night game, and then I'll take another break and and we'll throw in uh, the last little segment of the picks. Um, so if you want to skip forward to the picks, if you're listening to this on short time, check the timestamp and the uh, the podcast information. Um, this will be on Spotify, iTunes. I don't think we're on any other streaming services yet. Um, but you know, we'll have the time clips for each game, um, going through it. So if you want to pick a pick analysis for a different game, you can just jump around the games as you see fit, but we're going to start, uh, in Atlanta. This line is, uh, minus four. The Falcons are favored by against their divisional opponent, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, Atlanta has been, been pretty hot. I mean, they, they look like a different team, um, since they fired their defensive coordinator. And since then they've won two games on the road, um, pretty handedly. They beat two weeks ago, they beat the saints, um, in new Orleans, 26 to nine covered a 14 point spread. And then last week, um, they beat the Carolina Panthers in Carolina 29 to three and covered a three and a half point spread. And that, that line was weird. It was, it started off at six and a half and then kept moving and it got all the way down to three and a half. Um, but so I can understand people being on the Falcons here simply because, you know, they're just going through, uh, the, they're pretty much going through the NFC South. They've beaten the bucks. I mean, they've beaten the, uh, saints 
in New Orleans. They'd be in Carolina. In Carolina, now they play probably the worst team in the division, if not for the Atlanta Falcons, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, not a big, you know, the the Falcons are improving, but the weighted DVOA, which takes into account their most recent performances really doesn't, you know, nothing really jumps off at the page. Uh, they're 25th weighted in DVOA overall, 15th offensively, 26th defensively. Counteract that with the Buccaneers, 26th overall, 24th offensively, 23rd defensively. So the Bucs are consistently um, and, and balanced in terms of their mediocrity. Um, but the Falcons are a little bit better on offense. Um, I, I Like I said, a lot of people are going to be on Atlanta. I think this is going to be a pretty publicly bet game, and, and we always try to shy away from what the public's doing. Um, but I think you know if you can get this above the four hook in – in, in terms of Tampa Bay, and I, it's moving there. I mean, DraftKings right now has a plus four and a half. Uh, points bet has a four and a half. FanDuel's got four with a little bit of juice on Atlanta. So this line's going to move to four and a half. Um, I'd strongly consider the Bucks here. Um, they have lost six straight games against the spread, and that to me is a number that it just it just really can't be that a team is that bad against the spread. Uh, you saw last week the Dolphins were – had six straight wins against the spread. They lost. Um, but, you know, the Bucks here, they still have the number one rushing def- uh, defense in the NFL. Um, so there's a huge edge there in terms of Atlanta running the ball. I don't know if Devonta Freeman's going to be back. Uh, they lost Ish Smith for the year. Um, so Atlanta really hasn't been able to move the ball on the ground. But obviously, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, um, that offense and that passing attack um, that really defines what they do. Tampa Bay's 30th defending the pass, so they're, they're in the bottom three of the league in defending the pass. So I can understand why people would be on the Falcons. Um, this is probably another divisional game I'd stay away from. Um, you know, I would think about maybe a sharp play with the Buccaneers at four and a half um, because the Buccaneers have typically stayed in games um, where they haven't played an elite team. You know, like they got blown out by the uh, the Saints, but it's uh they're a team that plays well um and stays in games because of their their passing attack and and Evans and Godwin and as long as Jameis doesn't turn the ball over too much they can cover some backdoor spreads so maybe think about putting the bucks in a tease um teasing it up to seven and a half eight and a half um double digits something like that alternate spread because you know, at the end of the day, the Falcons are still the Falcons, and you can play um, momentum with the Falcons, but it's it's still a little tough. Another game, I'm moving on to the next 1 o'clock game. Um, this is a game that I actually do like, and it's the New York Giants at the Chicago Bears. This line is 6.5 with Chicago right now. Um, you saw on Sunday night how bad the Chicago Bears offense is. Um, I don't know if Mitch Trubisky is going to be playing in this game. I don't know if Matt Nagy has realized that the Trubisky experiment has kind of failed and this might be a situation where the bears sitting at four and six right now, kind of just throwing the towel on the season and then hopefully they can get one of these quarterbacks, um, you know, either trade up again for like a burrow or maybe Tua um, with Alabama who got hurt. You know, maybe they're looking at seeing if he drops a little bit um, because it's supposed to be a pretty loaded quarterback class. And it wouldn't surprise me now with the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings sitting around eight wins, whether the Chicago Bears just say, look, um, the the experiments failed and we're just kind of going to throw in the towel and tank the rest of the way because it's going to be tough to even make an NFC wildcard spot at 10 and six, um, even if they do win out because 
the Seahawks and the Vikings um, both are contending and probably will be the two wild card spots at like 11 and five or 12 and four because they're playing um, against the Packers and the 49ers in the division who look to be double digit win teams pretty easily. So with that being said, six and a half, if you look at the DVOA, six and a half spreads usually means that a team has a lot of edges, um, mostly two or three looking at it one team has edges, you know, one team has one edge here and the edges are the giants, um, rushing defense versus the Chicago, um, rushing offense, Chicago. Like I talked about that inept offense, 22nd passing 27th rushing. Um, the giants are, are middle of the pack when it comes to rushing defense, but I don't see Chicago really turning it on and, and moving the ball down the field. On the flip side of things, Chicago still has a very good defense, and that is their, their fifth overall in weighted DVOA in terms of their defensive side of the ball. Um, so they got a top five defense playing a rookie quarterback who's prone to turning the ball over. And, you know, but that doesn't really manifest itself in terms of the matchups, um, except for New York's 27th passing offense going against the Bears' sixth passing defense. Now, I, I understand people not wanting to trust a rookie quarterback who's prone to turn the ball over and Daniel Jones. Um, but I do think there's value here because I don't think the bears can score that many points, even against a, a pretty below average giants defense. You know, if you're only scoring 20 points a game and you're struggling to score 20 points a game on offense, covering six and a half is, is pretty tough to do. Um, Giants are coming off a bye. Uh, another thing that I really like in terms of of, of betting teams, um, you know, that they might be getting Ingram back. Um, I don't know if they're getting Shepard back, but you know, rest for the offensive and defensive lines, always a good thing. So the Giants are coming off a bye, going into Chicago um, against a reeling Bears team. I mean, this Bears team really had to win in Sunday night um, against the Rams last week to really. Um, have some hope for the season and now they might not. So giants plus six and a half or buying it up to seven and a half is something that I'd really think about here. Um, but moving on to the next game, Miami dolphins at the Cleveland Browns. Uh, this is another one of those spreads, um, very similar to the Raiders last week with Cleveland being favored at 11 points. Now, um, that's a huge spread for a team that's 21st weighted overall in DVOA. So that means they're, a bottom half team, uh, bottom 12, and they're expected to cover a spread of double digits. Now, normally, like you saw with the Raiders last week, even though the Raiders were a little bit better in terms of DVOA, they were top half. They're really not an elite team and elite teams are, you know, if you're not an elite team and covering a double digit spread is very tough to do. I understand that the Browns kind of look good against the Steelers on Thursday night last week, but, um, it's really tough to ask a team uh, that's really not that great to cover this big of a spread. So I wouldn't trust Miami to cover um, plus 11 because, you know, they, they've, they could be blown out of the water. Um, but the Browns at 11, I don't really like. This is one of those spreads where I, I just I don't have a, a huge opinion either way. So I'm probably going to stay away from it. I would understand, look, the Browns offensively are a little bit different than the Raiders because the Raiders – you know, and we're talking about the Raiders last week against uh, the Bengals, that, that 10 and a half, 11 spread um, that we bought down to nine and a half last week. But 
the Raiders are a very slow team. They move the ball efficiently. You know, they're getting six, seven yards on first down, and they're they're converting on third down, but they don't really have any big play potential. Browns on the opposite side of the hand have Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, a lot of big play um, offensive talent. So I, I understand why people would like the Browns and would like to cover them big because you can just kind of see them coming out opening up the offense, kind of throwing bombs to, to, to Landry and, and Beckham. Um, but it's a game that I really don't see um, too big of a, you know, again, you're asking the Browns to cover double-digit spread. And, you know, watching it on Sunday, you're probably not going to be happy that you're relying on the Browns to do that. Moving on to the next game, uh, another divisional game. Panthers at the Saints. Um, the Panthers are... And, and when the new DVOA came out, this was a, a surprise to me. The Panthers are regressing, and they got it blown out last week against the um, the Falcons. And it's 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 really surprising how much they've dropped in DVOA. They were 17th overall in DVOA last week, and after getting blown out by the Falcons, they are 27th now. Uh, do I think the Panthers are the f- in 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 the conversation for bottom five teams in the NFL right now, no. Um, but a lot of times, this is advanced analytics. You got to look at it and you got to take it for what it is. And the Panthers may be a bottom five team, and they're playing like it if they're getting blown out by the Falcons at home um, in the NFL. And the Saints, on the other hand, are six overall in DVOA, eighth offense, fourth defense, very, very balanced team, really don't have any weaknesses. Passing the ball, they're ninth. Um, offensively, defending the pass, they're eighth. Rushing the ball, sixth offensively, and defending the run, they're ninth. So top ten in all four facets of, of the game. And this line's at eight and a half. Um, I'll, I'll check real quick to see if it's moving in any certain direction. But this morning it was eight and a half, and it still is at eight and a half. Um, seven to eight's a kind of dead number. Um, this is going to move, I think, because um, it's already up to nine and a half, um, even though Pinnacle has it at eight and a half. Will Hill, DraftKings, points bet nine and a half. So they're, they're, people are really trying to get it under uh, that 10 because, like I said, eight and a half is kind of a dead number um, in terms of betting. You know, you want three, you want four, you want seven and you want 10. Those are, those are football numbers. Very rarely do you, are, are you sweating out a, a cover um, on eight points? Um, you know, you, you want to look for those football numbers when taking bets. And I, I still see a pretty big discrepancy in this game. Um, Saints are playing at home. You know, last week they really, unleashed uh Kamara and they had a huge uh game running the ball against Tampa Bay still ranked number one rush defense in the league um and they come into this week playing the Carolina Panthers who DVOA has one a bottom five team in the league with the 32nd rushing defense which is last in the league so Carolina is the worst team in the league defending the run and that's been consistent for the last couple weeks since I've been tracking this and they're playing terribly on the offensive side of the ball. Um, Saints minus nine and a half is something I think about pretty strongly here. Um, the Saints have looked like they've they they really are coming into their own um, offensively, starting to do a little little bit different things on and running the ball and getting Kamara ready for the playoffs. And 
I think that nine and a half in the Saints might have a little bit of value here, um, especially because people might be thinking that the Carolina Panthers are not a bottom five team in, in the NFL, um, when in reality they are. So Saints minus nine and a half is something I'm, I'm going to think about. Moving on, Raiders at the Jets. Raiders, uh, you know, I, I do like the Raiders. I really do. But certain things irk me, um, specifically, um, you know, how close they keep games. People seem to be on the Jets here because this is going to probably move to two and a half. It's already hit two and a half on, on points bet. And I'm, I would imagine that the Raiders would be a, a huge public game here because people see, you know, six and four Raiders um, really starting to come into their own uh, at that wild card spot versus the three and seven Jets and two and a half big to get under the two and a, the, the three hook. But the Raiders um, do two things well. Um, they do one thing very well. They do one thing kind of okay. Uh, the one thing they do really well is pass the ball, and the one thing they do kind of okay is run the ball. Um, so, and, and on the defensive side of the ball, they're atrocious. They're 28th overall defensively. Um, so the Raiders have seventh ranked offense in the league, 28th ranked defense in the league. That's good for 11th overall. The Jets, on the other hand, uh, 28th overall, 31st offensively, 12th defensively. And the Jets have looked a little plucky. Um, you know, they beat the Giants and the Redskins, you know, not real, real impressive things. Um, but what stayed static throughout this whole Jets season is their, their rushing, uh, defense. And they're second overall in stopping the run. And a lot of what Oakland's predicated on is, is you know, those, those five, six-yard gains on the ground with, with Josh Jacobs, who's kind of coming to his own, might be offensive rookie of the year if Kyler Murray kind of cools off a little bit. But two and a half is, is just is such a low number for a game that the Raiders should win. Um, so I like the matchup in terms of what the Jets are doing um on 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 defense because you know like we said that the Raiders are are terrible on defense and the Jets even though they're terrible on offense have some talent Le'Veon Bell Robbie Anderson I'd look to see kind of what the injuries are like but there might be some value here and people kind of overreacting to the Raiders not covering a big spread and the Jets um looking good against two mediocre teams and the Giants and the Redskins so if this line gets under two and a half, which it looks like it is, the Raiders or some, somebody I'd, I'd really um, consider in, in the week. Four more games. This next game, my favorite game of the week. I know I said it last week with the Texans, but <laughs> Corey's a little upset um, at, at how the Texans performed, as am I. But this week, my favorite bet of the week, Broncos at the Buffalo Bills. Um this is why we look at DVOA and we look at advanced analytics because teams that have decent records, teams that have even good records like the Buffalo Bills might not be good. And a lot of people think that, um, but this is a perfect time to kind of capitalize on that because, you know, the Bills are seven and three. So people are thinking that, you know, they're, they're most likely going to make the playoffs, but might be a house of cards, played a pretty easy schedule. And, this is a perfect week to test that theory because the Broncos at three and seven are actually in terms of DVOA, a couple spots better than the bills um, in both facets of the, of the game offensively and defensively. And they're a better overall, overall team. 
This line is at four right now. I grabbed it as soon as it came out um, on Monday. I think I bet this on Monday at five. Um, But right now it's at four and it might go to three and a half. But even then, uh, I do like the Broncos in this game. Um, Kind of would do the same thing that I did last week. Uh, I'll pick the the Broncos against the spread, whatever it is, and then uh, put like a half unit on the money line here because the Broncos are a better team than the Bills. Broncos 16th weighted DVOA overall versus the Bills 24th weighted DVOA overall. Broncos 22nd offense, 7th defense, and the Bills 23rd offense and 14th defense. So in reality, the Broncos are a slightly better version of the Bills with the exact opposite record. And I know it's weird to think like that, but the Bills have not played anyone this year. Um, They played the Patriots, um, lost by six, kind of stayed in it. But the Broncos are looking pretty solid. They uh, run the ball pretty well. And the two big um, edges I see here in the games are Denver's 10th-ranked rushing offense versus Buffalo's 27th rushing defense. And then passing the ball, the Bills have a top-10 pass defense, and the Broncos behind Brandon Allen and Cortland Sutton, um, Noah Fant, really haven't translated into an efficient passing attack, although they do have some weapons that can break some big plays. Um, On the Bills' offensive side of the ball, Denver is better at stopping the pass than Buffalo is passing the ball. We got Buffalo 24th offense passing versus Denver passing defense uh, of 15th overall. And then rushing the ball, Bills are 11th behind um, Jared. You know, Josh Allen can, can run, but... Um, and scramble a little bit, and they do have some some rushing attack behind Singletary and, and Gore, but Broncos have a top 10 rushing defense at six overall. So like I said, the Broncos are, are better than the Bills um, pretty much every, every facet of the game except for um, their pass offense going against the Bills' pass defense, but better team getting free points, um, and I don't think the Bills are that tough to play at home because uh, I don't think they're that good of a team. So Bill spread is something I'm going to bet. Um, you know, you'll see what exactly it is at the end of this segment or at the end of the two segments, but uh, I love the Broncos here, and uh, that, that's going to be my favorite game of the week. Three more quick spreads before we get to the 4 o'clock games. Lions at the Redskins. Lions are three-and-a-half-point favorites, and Driscoll's looked pretty good. Um, coming in and and backing up Stafford. I don't know if Stafford's going to return this week. Uh, Really haven't heard much on that front. Um, But again, we're recording this on Tuesday. So with Driscoll looking good, especially against um, some some pretty poor defenses, although I will say that Dallas's defense last week is probably pretty comparable to the Redskins defense this week. Um, But Detroit's good at passing the ball. Um, and they do have an edge on Washington. Washington's just so bad on, on offense, 31st offense, 30, uh, passing and rushing, um, which is good for the worst offense in the league in terms of DBOA. Um, so the, the, what I, what I'm saying here is that Stafford might come back on Friday, Saturday, Sunday before this game starts and the line's going to jump up to six and a half. Um, and even though this game's being played in Washington, Washington really has nothing to play for. The fans really aren't that excited. Um, Haskins hasn't looked great and they're not really coming out to see him, um, play. And three and a half right now is, is kind of a, a game that's kind of similar to the Cowboys last week, um, when they were playing the lions and, 
I know it's going to be a very publicly bet game, um, but you know, sometimes you just kind of hope that a team that's still kind of in it, like the Lions, or still believe that they're in it, um, playing against uh, a bottom two team in the NFL, you got to hope that they take care of business and and win by four or five points. So uh, this game is three and a half. Stay in there. Not a lot of money on either side. Um, but I do believe that Detroit will be a pretty publicly bet game, and I think about betting them um, early um, if you're going to bet them just because of the chance that Stafford uh, comes back. Last two, start with the Steelers at the Bengals. Steelers favored by six and a half um, on the road. The Bengals can't really figure them out because they have not really – you know, they've looked okay at times um, and they've stayed in games. I'm not going to touch this game at all because I don't like, I don't think Mason Rudolph is, is a competent or above average NFL quarterback. Um, He got hit in the head last week. I don't know if that's going to, you know, have a bearing on his, I'm I'm kidding, but I, I, it's Pittsburgh. I don't trust to cover a six and a half spread um, no matter how good their defense is. And just to get, get this on paper Steelers 20th overall DVOA 25th offense third defense so their defense is still very very good even though they looked not great against the Browns but they weren't doing anything on offense and the defense was out there the whole time and the Bengals 30th overall DVOA 30th offense 31st defense so the Bengals arguably you know in record wise are the worst team in the NFL um, but they're kind of one of these bottom three four teams with Washington Miami that are just uh, not great teams. So six and a half, it's tough because I understand if you want to just kind of ride the Steelers, but it's a divisional game. Bengals have played divisional games kind of close, except for that that Browns game, or not the Browns game, the Ravens game rather. Um, but offensively, I just I can't trust Mason Rudolph to cover. Six and a half point spread on the road, so I'm not going to touch this game at all. Last game of the one o'clock slate, Seahawks at the Eagles. Um, this will be an entertaining game. I, it's probably going to be the marquee game of the one o'clock slate. Um, and this line is at the is Eagles minus two, uh, which probably surprises some people just by looking at the records. You have the Seahawks at eight and two, and the Eagles at five and five. Um, but the eight and two Seahawks um, are eighth overall in DVOA. Five and five Eagles are ninth overall in DVOA. Pretty evenly matched teams. Um, Seattle fourth offensively, nineteenth defensively. Eagles eleventh offensively, sixth defensively. Only real edge in this game that I could find was Seattle's number one passing offense versus Philadelphia's twelfth passing defense. I do think that the Eagles play a little bit better defensively at home. You saw them limit the Patriots to seventeen points um, last week, but. Um, I, I don't trust the Eagles in that their offense has looked pretty inept. Um, you know, I know that they played the Patriots last week and the Patriots have the number one defense in the league, but you know, if you don't have Deshaun Jackson and you don't have Alshon Jeffrey and teams can double Zach Ertz and they're playing two tight end sets with, with Ertz and Goddard it's really tough to rely on Aguilar and those other receivers on the outside. And uh, you got to score points to hang with Seattle. I don't think you're going to stop Seattle's uh, passing attack. Um, Russell Wilson's going to get his. Um, I I would understand taking 
the Eagles um, simply because the Seahawks may not be that great of a team. They may be just a bad team that has an elite, phenomenal quarterback performing well. But I'm probably going to stay away from this game and just watch it and enjoy it, which sometimes it's good to do. So also here, the Seahawks are off a bye. Um, So if you were thinking about having an edge in terms of Seahawks passing attack and Eagles not being able to put up points uh, and the Seahawks being off a bye, uh, you can do that, Pete Carroll, with a little extra time, but I'm probably not going to bet this game. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, come back for the 4 o'clock games and the primetime games. Stay tuned. Week 12 bonus edition of the Oddscast. We're back. Special edition Oddscast pod. Donald DeLeo running through the Week 12 NFL lines where you have four games left in this slate. Uh, only two four o'clock games this week, which as producer, producer Corey just told me should be illegal. Um, and he, he might have a point there um, because, you know, to take his joke, if he can control the red zone himself, um, what's the point of the red zone channel? Uh, two games, four o'clock, and then the Sunday night and Monday night games. Uh, some pretty stacked primetime games this week. Um, but, Starting out with 4 o'clock, um, and we'll start with the probably least enticing game of the four, um, but the game that I, I kind of like the best is the um, Jaguars at the Titans. Actually, I'm not going to say I like it the best out of the slate just because the next game um, I, I do like a lot. Um, Jaguars at the Titans, AFC South matchup uh, to compete with the Thursday night AFC South matchup between the uh, Colts and the Texans. All these teams are, are just kind of – average and it's it's really you don't love them unless there's some discernible edges on each side of the ball um and when a team's off a bye and the titans have both of that right here so the, the line right now is tennessee minus three um probably moving up right now it's got some juice on the three probably gonna move to three and a half don't like it that much at three and a half but if you can get this under two and a half i do like it a lot um jaguars are the better team on paper overall uh which means that they might have some special teams, um, some special teams um, um, benefits or special team. What the word am I looking for? Prowess on special teams. I don't know. They, they're better on special teams than the, than the Titans are, uh, <laughs> because Jaguars are seventeenth offensively, twentieth defensively. Titans are nineteenth offensively, sixteenth defensively, um, and the Titans are, according to DVOA overall. Um, six spots worse than the Jaguars at 23rd. So, but when you look closer at it, Tennessee has a top five rush defense. Jaguars can't really run the ball 24th offensively and everything else is kind of the same. Tennessee 16th passing offense, Jaguars 11th passing defense, Jaguars 15th passing offense versus Tennessee's 22nd passing defense. Uh, Tennessee's 22nd rushing offense versus Jacksonville's 30th rushing defense. And, you know, 22nd, in rushing offense with the Titans, um, they still have Derrick Henry. They're still kind of play the smash mouth football. They may not have, you know, had the success that, they, that they've had in the past when you think of Derrick Henry and this Titans team, but they may have a chance to look like that when they play a bottom three pa- uh, rushing defense like the Jaguars. Um, the Jaguars came out of the bye last week and just looked completely terrible um, with Nick Foles um, at the helm there. 
And this week, the Titans are coming off a bye. No real changes to their team. Tannehill's still got the team um, under his reins. And I just think that the matchup really favors the Titans here at home. Um, and the Titans are, are, are sneaky because they're, they're kind of like the Bills. They're not really that great, but they're sitting at 5-5, five and five, kind of in the thick of this AFC you know, clusterfuck of a, of a wild card race. And the Jaguars are four and six, and this might be kind of their their do or die game here. Um, but did not look good um, offensively against the Colts last week with Nick Foles at the helm. And I, I do like the Titans here. Um, I, I hate that I do, but sometimes you just got to look at look at what the uh, look at what the the good trends are. And the Titans have the matchup. They're playing at home, and they're off a bye. So um, minus two and a half is something I'd really think about here. Next game. This is the game that I really like, and I know people are probably not going to like it because it's the Cowboys at the Patriots, this line, but this line is way too big. Um, It's six and a half right now, and I know that the Patriots covered a a four and a half spread on the road against the Eagles last week, um, or a four, I think it got up to four and a half, yeah. Um, but the Cowboys are a, a much better team than the Eagles on paper. Um, they are fourth overall in weighted DVOA. Patriots, I know, are first overall weighted DVOA. Um, and, and this is a, a, a prime time kind of four o'clock game. Everybody's been watching. But the intriguing part of this matchup is Cowboys have the number one offense in the NFL versus the Patriots' number one defense in the NFL. And on the flip side of things, Patriots is the 13th ranked offense and the Cowboys have the 17th ranked defense. Now, um, the Dallas Cowboys have one discernible edge in this game. And that is the, that they have the third rushing offense versus new England's 13th rushing defense. Everything else is kind of similar. You got Dallas's third ranked passing offense versus new England's first ranked passing defense. New England's 14th-ranked passing offense versus Dallas's 19th-ranked passing defense. New England's 18th-ranked rushing offense versus Dallas's 17th-ranked rushing defense. Now, when the only edge in the game is towards the Cowboys, and the line is 6.5, that's way too big of a spread um, for, for my liking if you're going to be on the Patriots here. It's just 6.5. you got to take emotion out of it. I know people really don't want to trust the Cowboys, but six and a half is way too big of a spread here for teams that are pretty similar um, in terms of the advanced metrics. I know you're going to be trying to believe in Dak Prescott and and Jason Garrett in Foxborough, um, but six and a half, like I said, is a very very big spread. So you know, remember that Cowboys six and a half. Um, I know there's a lot of storylines on each side, um, but I'm trying to take the emotion out of it and just bet purely based on the analytics and the Cowboys should cover six and a half in this game. Um, you know, I look at maybe seven and a half, see what the price is. If you can get a minus 120 or 125, um, but I don't think it's going to be that cheap. I think if you want to get over the seven hook, you're going to be at 150 probably, but we'll check that out in the next um, <coughs> segment where we, where we go over the picks. Um, moving on to Sunday night. Green Bay Packers at the San Francisco 49ers. This line is San Francisco minus three situations here. The Packers are off a bye, um, and Packers top 10 team in the league, 10th weighted DVOA, fifth offense. Their defense has tailed off a lot, 22nd on on the defensive side of the ball. 49ers, fifth 
best team in the league, 16th offensively and second defensively. Um, Garoppolo has not looked great, even though he came back and beat the Cardinals um, at home. And I think the Packers coming off a bye, Rodgers always plays well in San Francisco because he, you know, there's, there's these storylines about how he wanted to be a, a Packer and or how he wanted to be a 49er and all this. Um, but the 49ers have kind of tailed off a little bit. Um, I would really, really see if Kittle is in this game or not. Um, and if the, the Niners get some, some injury help, um, you know, if, if Sanders can play, if Kittle can play, um, then I like the, then I like the Packers a bit less, but I do like the Packers a bit here. Um, if you can get it above three and a half, because it's just primetime Aaron Rodgers. Um, and I do think that the Packers match up well against this, uh, 49ers team. The only real edge I could find was the Packers have the fourth best rushing attack versus the San Francisco 49ers 19th best rushing defense. Um, going to be interesting to see Rodgers go up against that, that vaunted front seven of the, the 49ers. Um, but I do like the Packers here. If you can get it above three, um, because I do think this is going to be a pretty close game. Uh, moving on to Monday night, last game of the slate. Um, we got the Baltimore Ravens at the Los Angeles Rams. Um, and this is at Baltimore minus three and a half um, in L.A. right now. Um, it's it's floating between three, three and a half. Um, there's a little bit of juice on the three. So uh, I really don't want to bet this game because something still just kind of scares me about Sean McVay something scares me about in the NFL just teams that look like elite teams um for two you know for two three games especially offensively um if a team's elite defensively like the 49ers were it's a lot less likely for me to be afraid of of betting them to win a game like this but in terms of a team that has some offensive prowess uh you know there's a reason why these NFL coordinators are good. Um, there's a reason why there's a lot of parity in the NFL sometimes, especially in long weeks of the season, because teams have consumed extensive game tape on a team that has a little bit of a weird uh, kind of anomalous offensive game script like the Ravens, especially running the ball. Um, the Ravens have the number one rushing offense in the NFL, but the Rams behind Wade Phillips, defensive coordinator, have the third ranked rushing defense. So, you know, it's something about just the Rams here in this spot scares me. Um, just because, you know, you're dealing with a team like the Ravens who do one thing very well. They do one thing differently than, than everybody else, and that's kind of use these play action kind of bootleg runs with Lamar Jackson. And, you know, give give a good defensive coordinator some time to scheme about it, and you, you might be surprised. So, um, Rams is a home dog. I'd, I'd be tempted to bet it. I'm not going to recommend it. Um, just because the Ravens might be, might be very, very elite. Um, they're second weighted in DVOA right now. Overall, they've jumped after that big win against the Texans and you know, the edges here, Baltimore fifth ranked passing offense versus the Rams 17th ranked defense. Don't really think the, the Ravens are, are that great at throwing the ball, even though Jackson's been, been kind of this, uh, MVP candidate. I just think that, you know, they've played some pretty bad teams that can't stop the run. And then, you know, Jackson kind of can have his way with the play action, um, you know, rollouts, things like that, uh, passing the ball and then passing 
Rams offense, 18th overall, throwing the ball versus the Ravens, third passing defense. You know, the Rams-Bears game last week was ugly, um, and it was ugly because the two teams can't score. And it's it's the Rams just nothing really shows me that they're going to wake up, but there's still something about giving Sean McVay some time Monday night to think about it, scheme up a little bit. You know, maybe I'm still believing in that boy wonder kind of thing, but I really don't want to bet this game. Probably not going to bet this game, but I can understand kind of either, either way. If you were, if you were betting with just pure product on the field to this point, definitely Rams three uh, minus three is a bet. Um, If you are trying to stay ahead of the curve and kind of predict teams to make jumps Rams plus three plus three and a half um, could be a bet but don't really feel too strongly about it either way like I said I'm a little afraid of the Rams um, and I'm a little afraid honestly of the Ravens covering um, a, a road spread like that so see in terms of what the public is on like yeah I mean 84% of the bets right now this is from the action app uh, 84% of the, the bets right now are on the Ravens, which is just, it scares me so much to see the public on a team like that. Um, and I really just don't, don't see an edge here that, that I think is, uh, is good enough to bet on. Um, so that's the entire slate of NFL games. Uh, we'll, we'll come back with a quick, quick pick segment, give out some picks to the week, and then, uh, we'll throw a parlay in there probably too. Stay tuned. Ozcast Bonus Pod, Week 12 NFL. And finally, the picks, what you've all been waiting for. Um, last week, we went 2-2, two and two, and we lost our five-way parlay by one leg, which is the Texans. I'm Donnie Leo, going through the Week 12 NFL spreads. Uh, Oddscast bonus pod. Special guest just walked in as we're ready to record the Oddscast. Joe Delera is in the building. How you doing? We're doing great. <laughs> we're here. We're so, ready. We're jumping in. So we're ready to record the uh, regular Oddscast pod, which we released on Thursday. Um, let's talk to producer Corey. Probably going to release this pod um, tomorrow, Wednesday, just so uh, we could talk about the Thursday night game before um, and uh, just kind of have more time to, to look at the lines. But I know you haven't, Joe, heard most of my analysis, but I'll ask you kind of what you think when I put the picks in. So, hit me. First five, we're we're, I'm giving you five straight picks against the spread. Okay. They're what the spreads are now. Um, I don't think they're going to move too much unless uh, unless Stafford comes back with the one line. Yeah. Um, But lines, first pick of the week, Broncos plus three and a half. Minus 110. Um, I think this is where this, the spread's going to line up. Yeah. I talked a lot about in the pod how um, the Broncos are just a better team than the Bills. The, the Bills are basically a worse version than the Broncos with the opposite record of the, of the Broncos. Both uh, Bills 7-3, and three, Broncos 3-7. and seven. Um, Next game, Saints minus 9.5. Talked about how the Saints are coming to their own, playing the Carolinas' worst run defense in the league. I think 9.5 under that 10 spread is good. Um, Cowboys plus 6.5. I know people aren't going to like it, but Cowboys have the only edge in this game. The teams are very evenly matched on paper. Uh, Cowboys plus six and a half in New England. Going Lions minus three and a half. Like I said, 
even if Stafford, like if Stafford comes back, the line's going to jump up to six or seven. Um, we ha- we don't know what's going to happen with Stafford, um, but Driscoll has looked pretty good against bad teams, and they're playing a bad team in the Redskins this week. Yeah. Um, or not, not I shouldn't say bad teams against bad defenses. The Cowboys yeah. are are not that great defensively, and Driscoll's looked okay. Yeah. Um, and then going out a little limb here, um, but Giants plus six and a half, kind of betting on the Bears thing falling all apart, and uh, you know a team that can't do anything offensively covering a six and a half spread is tough um i know the giants aren't great but if they get ingram back i don't know if Shepard's going to come back but have a healthy rested team off of a bye uh i like that six and a half in chicago so yeah those are the five uh spread picks i'll put them up on on the social but just general thoughts joe uh i bet lines as soon as the line came out i got two and a half and i love that bet Mm -hmm. um giants i didn't want to be a homer but then as a giants fan but since you know we've talked about it a little bit more i mean i like the bet like i want to bet on the giants anyway so Mm -hmm. like whatever i didn't want to be a homer um saints line is huge so to me that's probably a stay away game i don't love it but like i agree that the the um, Cowboys or not the Cowboys the Panthers don't have a run good deep, mm-hmm. good run defense uh, I brought up the Cowboys game to you before actually and <laughs> I said I was like I think Cowboys like I think the Cowboys are gonna run all of the Patriots it's yeah. like we we watched it happen with the Ravens mm-hmm. and uh, Zeke is better than Ingram mm-hmm. so and Dak is also having a phenomenal year so it's like you it's not like you can really force Dak to be the one that has to perform because he's shown that he can do that too and he's pretty mobile as well like not as much as Lamar but also mobile so yeah I mean Dak Dak's really coming into his own here really yeah, I mean a, he was he number three or he leads the NFL in passing I think, yeah right and I think he's number three in fantasy points for quarterbacks so. yeah so I mean he's he's good he's having a good year and uh I I think the Cowboys – I would be shocked if the Patriots cover, let alone – I'm going to be surprised even if they win, to be honest. I think wow. Cowboys, I think the Cowboys might win this game outright. Toss a little bit on the Cowboys' money yeah, line? sprinkle a little on the money line. It's like plus like 400, I think, right? Wow. All Something right. like that. Something to think about. Um, so, again, five, five picks against the spread. Broncos plus three and a half. Saints minus nine and a half. Cowboys plus six and a half. Lions minus three and a half. And Giants plus six and a half. Uh, we're going to do one – Alternate spread parlay. Love alt spreads. I know that Joe's a big alt spread guy. Um, he knows that I'm a big alt spread guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's oh, yeah. nothing. Cowboys no. are plus 246 in the money line, by the way. Yeah. So not as big. Don't as... want to give a false ad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to throw a six-way alternate spread parlay at you. Nice. That's just an orgy. <laughs> Saints. All right. So, so six legs here. Okay. Saints minus two and a half, All right. minus three forty. Lions, and that's that's against the the bottom five in terms of DVOA. Carolina Panthers, which is shocking. Yeah. Second leg, Lions against the Redskins. They just have to cover by four. Or they just have to cover plus four and a half. Okay. So getting it out of the three and the four spread, uh, four hooks there. I don't like. If the Redskins win, I think they win by a field goal. I don't think that yeah. they blow out the That's Lions. also a bet. If you're going to put this parlay in, you're going to have to do it sooner rather than later, mm-hmm. depending on the Stafford news anyway. Yeah. So. so that's the second leg. That's minus 320 lines plus four and a half. Third leg. If uh, Not to cut you off. If Stafford plays, if, this, if you don't get this parlay in and Stafford plays, are you playing the money line? I would probably pick the money line. Yeah. Right. yeah. Good, good, good point there. Uh, third leg. Broncos. 
going into Buffalo, we talked a lot about how Buffalo is just not a good team, and the Broncos are a better team than the mm-hmm. Bills are. Broncos plus 10.5, minus 270. That's the Love third that. leg. Yeah. Fourth leg, and that was three 1 o'clock games. So we're going into 4 o'clock games now, and I, don't, I still don't know why this is a 4 o'clock game. But the Titans plus 4.5. Because they're getting ready for uh, the Saturday of the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Titans, <laughs> Titans plus four and a half uh, hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars minus 300. This is the game that probably I'm the least confident in. Yeah. But in, in terms, I didn't really want to do – I wanted to get a home team in there. Yeah. And I think that the Titans can stay in games. Derrick Henry, um, man. I know, you're big Der- matter. I know you're a big Derrick Henry guy. <laughs> and the Jacksonville Jaguars had the 30th ranked run defense in the NFL. That's sh- that seems shocking. Yeah, uh, but it's but it's true. Yeah, love it. They just came out today. Maybe I'll beat Brent this week. <laughs> <laughs> Cowboys, so that's leg four, leg five. Cowboys, we just talked about it, plus 10.5, which love is... It. Love it. The shortest odds out of all of these, minus 185 for Cowboys, plus 10.5. So if you're thinking about building your own alternate that's alternate spread parlay, uh, Cowboys plus 10.5 um, at only minus 185 yeah. is, is a, should be a big uh, building block in yeah. that in that alt spread parlay. Honestly, you could probably buy it up even if you wanted to, like all the way to plus 14. And I, half. I, that's I still, a lot. I don't think it's necessary, but mm-hmm. if you are uncomfortable, yeah. you probably could. It's probably not even that expensive. Yeah. Um, so that's leg five. And then if you get through all those five legs, which I think you will six leg Sunday night Packers at the 49ers. We don't know what the status of Kittle is. We don't know what the status of standards is. Um, but the Packers are coming off a bye in this primetime game. Packers plus 10 and a half minus 290. That's nice. So that's nice. So what do you think about the parlay again as a whole? Again, we're going to go through it. Saints minus two and a half lions plus four and a half. Broncos plus ten and a half, Titans plus four and a half, Cowboys plus ten and a half, Packers plus ten and a half, plus four uh, five forty three. So one unit to win five point four three. I like it a lot because, like, honestly, that uh, that last game gives you a lot of points to work with too. At ten and a half, you have some room to uh, maybe potentially middle even if you want. Yep. Um, so uh, just to even make back your bet or one way or the other. So I love that. I love that parlay. Thank you. Thank you. I built it it's myself. Great. It's good. You did great work. Did you use Legos as a kid? <laughs> I actually built a lot of uh, just regular blocks. Like not Legos, but like I had like this construction set and I used to build like these big, huge buildings. It really fits your blue collar narrative. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, Joe Delera, thanks for joining us for the last segment. Uh, I'm Donna DeLeo, producer Corey. Thanks again for producing. You're welcome. And uh, we're going to be joined by Terry Takes in a bit, and we're going to record the Oddscast coming out every Thursday. Uh, but thanks for listening to this special edition of the Oddscast bonus pod. Huge. <laughs>